You're listening to Salary Capped, a podcast exploring the business side of sports. Hey everyone, I'm Tyler Kern. Welcome to Salary Capped. We are excited to have you along for another episode of the program. Today we're excited to welcome Wale Ogunleye to the show. He's an 11-year NFL veteran who's now the head of sports and entertainment at leading global wealth manager UBS. And he's focusing on financial literacy for athletes and entertainers. And since the NFL draft is coming up this week, we thought it would be good to have him on just to ask some questions and to talk a little bit about the life-changing money that's going to uh, occur for some of these athletes coming up later this week and ask him some questions about the current state of financial literacy in many of the leagues across the sports landscape. So Wale, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us here on Salary Capped. Like I mentioned, the NFL draft is later this week, and many of these guys are going to become millionaires overnight as a result of being drafted. So from your perspective, what did these players need to keep in mind as they enter the league? You know, as the NFL draft comes, comes, comes and goes, you know, these young men probably need to realize that uh, it's, it's business time, right? I think for a, a lot of times and, you know, people saying they do it for the love of the game and, you know, their parents and uh, their friends and family come to games and it's, it's all fun and games, but the truth of the matter is uh, the business side of football has really just begun and um, it's time to kind of get your mind into that, into that mode of um, I'm in the game of, I'm in the business of football now. What's something from your perspective that you would have liked to have kept in mind during your playing career when it came to financial literacy? If I could, you know, look back at my playing career, some of the things that I would have loved to have known moving forward was, you know, like we said earlier about this being a business, but two, making sure I surround myself with the right type of people, people who were knowledgeable about business, about the game, about my life, about me just being a man, you know, coming from college, into professional world, um, it's a jump. You know, three months ago I was ordering, you know, pizza and eating breadsticks, and I thought that was fun and playing, you know, PlayStation. But now it's, you know, I'm on my own. Um, I have to get up on my own and get to practice on time and be, uh, you know, really a, a grown man about about stuff. So if I had to, to to look back, I'd make sure that the people that I was getting advice from were people that actually had my best interest at heart and were making sure that I was being the best human being possible, best football player possible, and this best businessman possible. You know, while I can think of a couple of high-profile examples of certain players not touching their playing money during their careers and just living off of signing bonuses, endorsements, things along those lines, uh, are we seeing a shift in how young players are thinking about their money and thinking about financial literacy? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, with the way we're looking at it as social media, um, it has taken a big role into how fans and um, the world interacts with um, the athletes or, or athletes. It gives us a, it gives athletes a chance to remove the middlemen and actually become, put their product or their brand right into the market um, without having anyone have their extra hands into it. And I see the athlete now, modern athlete, able to take that and monetize that in a way that, you know, when I played, I, you know, I wish I was able to do. Um, there was only a few avenues that I could, you know, when I was coming up, I, you know, my shoe deal, maybe, you know, a, a hat deal or something, but nothing, you know, dramatic. You know, I wasn't, you know, a Tom Brady. But now you see, you know, if you're able to brand yourself and get yourself into a place where um, you have a following, um, brands, will come, brands will come and give you marketing dollars. And we're seeing the athletes use that um, for their 
in their benefit. And I'm not sure that they're becoming more financially literate, but what's happening is, what's happening is we're realizing that we're able to have enough money made from this, this part of uh, social media, which to me, at first, I thought it was just gonna be some crazy, you know, 15 minutes of fame type thing, but it actually has legs and longevity. And this is the way corporations are going. This is where they wanna put their marketing dollars. And athletes are taking that and using that for their day-to-day -day expenses, for their rent and for their mortgages of their home. Um, and they're not touching the principal, which at the end of the day helps them build a legacy um, for years to come for their family members and, and for the communities they come from. So it's a great thing to do. And I'm glad that more athletes are doing that, taking in their marketing dollars and spending that and, and not touching the money that they've made uh, on the field or on the court. So in your opinion, are sports leagues investing enough resources into ensuring their players are receiving financial literacy courses or are aware of the essentials when it comes to managing their money well? You know, great question. You know, you asked about, you know, leagues and, and, and their involvement into these, these young professionals. And, and I would love to see much more of it. I do think that the league does tend to have a hands-off mentality in the sense that they don't want to give too much um, advice because if a, if a player takes the advice of a team and something goes the wrong way, maybe that team's on the hook, you know, so there's a lot of compliance that comes involved when it comes to teams giving advice to their players. But I do think that these teams need to do more in the sense of giving their players more life skill type situations, understanding things that they need to have from a day-to-day -day perspective, right? We're not saying, hey, teach us about uh, Bitcoin and, and, and cryptocurrency, but really about balancing a checkbook, making sure my credit's on, on, on time, making sure I'm paying bills, making sure that I'm doing the things that are going to help my credit score rise um, and in a sense, make me a more uh, powerful investor um, as I move forward and as I continue to, 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 to excel in my career. So teams are, you know, they have these programs in place, but I do think they can have a more robust um, a program for their players as, as, as time goes on. So we've heard stories about players being taken advantage of when it comes to schemes and things along those lines. How, how can leagues do a better job of protecting their players from being taken advantage of in those ways? I think, you know, in an ideal world, if I was thinking about what leagues could do to help players again, is help them vet, continue to do background checks of the people that are in their ecosystem, right? You see players and, you know, instead of calling them, um, you know, posses and, and, and these little, you know, clusters or gangs, whatever, you know, some might, might say off the cuff, but really try to invest in your players and understanding where they come from, who are the people around them and help them get the resources to make sure that they can vet the people that are coming on and putting their hands in, in, in their players' pockets. Teams have to do a much better job also of helping the players understand exactly what they're getting into when they're signing their contracts. A lot of times contracts are written the same way financially in a way where it's jargony, right? It's just so much uh, information and complex information and written in a way that it's almost confusing. Uh, help players understand this, put them in programs where um, the, 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 the information that's being given is written in a way that it's almost conversational, that I can have the same conversation with my advisor that I can have with my grandmother. Teams just need to do simple, it's nothing complex, do simple things to add to your player's strength in financial literacy, strength in being a businessman, strength in being just a, a, a great person in society. And it's, 
it's not, it's not rocket science. Just let's try to hold the hands of your players the same way I think financial advisors should be holding the hands of their, of their clients. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people have watched that 30 for 30 documentary that ESPN did called Broke that focused on athletes that lost all of their money within a short period of time after leaving the league and leaving their respective sports. You're wanting to disrupt this industry and really break down that stigma of athletes making poor financial decisions. How do you plan on going about doing that? Great question. And, you know, I do want to disrupt the, the industry in the way that the industry perceives the athlete. Uh, number one is I want to make sure that athletes now understand, one, that you're the boss, right? It shouldn't be, you know, hey, you sign my contracts, you dot the I's, you cross the T's. We need to take more responsibility. Number two, the contracts are getting so big. I really do think that we're getting away from the place where athletes are going to go completely broke. What we have to do now is make sure that we have the right infrastructure of people um, that support these athletes as they move into the realm of being an entrepreneur and of a businessman. You just see the other day, you know, Dwayne Wade signed, uh, he's became an owner of the Utah Jazz, and he's not even 40 yet. So these are going to be some of the things that I think athletes, as we continue to make these extra, extravagant amount of, of salary, are going to be able to do as they move forward. The key now is to make sure that what they know what they're investing in, the people around them are, are, are sound, um, have been vetted, um, and at the end of the day, have, their, best, have the, their client's best interest at heart, and that's what I want to do. It's nothing complicated, really. It's getting to know who your client is, understanding what they care about, and holding their hand throughout the whole process. Recently, we've seen in the news some athletes that are receiving payment in Bitcoin and other cryptos. Is this a fad or will this become a trend that we're going to continue to see more and more of? Right. Well, when it comes to any type of investment, what I would suggest all you know, athletes and all people is to get a good financial advisor, right? What's good for, for you is not going to be good for the next man or next woman. So, you know, when it comes to crypto, you know what? I don't have a crystal ball. I can't tell you where it's going to go. But I will tell you this. Make sure your advisor understands where you are, how you can invest, and really what your goals are at the end of the day. And so my advice for anything, whether it's crypto or real estate or the stock market, is get a good sound advisor, making sure that he or she is going to help you uh, achieve your goals. You know, well, as we look at the history of athletes' investment strategies, it used to be common for athletes to buy car dealerships and things along those lines. What do you think will be some of the most common strategies in the future? Yeah, great question. You know, the days of the past, like you said, have, 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 have passed of dealership deals and getting in front of uh, uh, the camera and, and selling, you know, used cars, right, and, or in, in new cars. But those days are past. Really do think that the, the new age, again, is going to be social media. Corporations really are going to start aligning themselves directly with the athletes. And that's going to be the biggest way, one, to get your messages across. Two, you can also align yourself uh, with these companies that are aligned with you from a social um, standpoint, right? There's a lot of times athletes want to make social impact. So they'll also be able to make the, the, the money they're making from their marketing deals, but also align with companies that they feel are aligned with some of the issues that they care about. So it's a, it's a new age. Really, I'm almost envious of this new age where athletes have 
the, the reins and the controls to say, hey, you know what, I'm not working with you because you, know, you don't believe in what I believe in. I'm gonna go over here and have those dollars over here. So um, the, the sky's the limit for these new age athletes is just making sure that they have the right people around them, guiding them as they move forward. One of the more important things for athletes are their endorsement deals and some of those partnerships that they sign. As athletes sign endorsements or take equity in companies, things along those lines, what should they be looking for in a potential partnership? Yeah, great question. As athletes start taking these deals where they may have some equity in it or whether it's equity or it's just marketing dollars, one, find out exactly what the deal is. Too many times athletes get involved, I think, with uh, and invest in things that they know nothing about. And again, at the end of the day, that's just, if that's your strategy, you know, let's pray it works out. But the truth of the matter is a real smart investor knows what they're doing, understands the business, and doesn't jump in until they really, really figure things out. As an athlete, you don't go on a field until you've mastered the playbook, right? If you don't master the playbook, you're not going to play. That's the same way I think athletes should look at their, in, their investments, understand exactly what you're getting into. I use a good example of, I was approached many times to put some capital into building gyms. The truth of the matter is, at the time, I was a terrible businessman. And owning a gym is a business. Um, it's not about how good I look and how well I look in, in, my, in, my, in my bathing suit because I work out all the time. It really is, do I know how to operate that business? And that's what I believe our approach here is, making sure our athletes understand, and our entertainers, but making sure they understand exactly what they're investing in, and, and exactly what the game plan for that company is and making sure that those two things align with, with your plan. So, well, I, I want to learn a little bit more about UBS and some of the things that you're doing there. So what is UBS athlete and entertainer strategic client segment and how did it come about in the first place? So let me give you a little bit of a background on how I got to UBS from playing in the NFL for 11 years. So I played, you know, I was born and raised in New York City got a scholarship in the university, you know, one thing led to another, signed with the Miami Dolphins as an undrafted free agent, turned that into an 11 year career, made millions of dollars. After I got done playing with football, still understood that I was lacking in my knowledge of finances. Went back and got my MBA, I went to GW, got my MBA, just so I can understand the basic fundamentals of money. After, uh, financial advisors were talking to me, had no clue what they were saying, but as an alpha, male leader, captain of a football team of the Chicago Bears, I would just nod my head like, yes, but really deep down inside, I had no clue what they were saying. So that MBA helped me understand that there is a problem with the financial industry where stereotypes and biases lead to some of our greatest athletes getting into a place where they're in trouble because they don't understand what they're getting into. They think that they have all this money and now it's time to widen my portfolio. Well, do you even know what a portfolio is, right? So, um, and the funny thing about that is, I brought this to the senior management at UBS and realized that there was a disconnect. UBS, again, already had the, some of the biggest and brightest stars in, in, in the world at our firm, but I felt that the industry could do so much more of understanding who our, the client really is. And by putting an X, an X NFL football player that now I've been in the entertainment business for almost 20 years um, at the helm. You take my experience uh, as a player, UBS experience as being the global leader in private wealth together, you get this holistic comprehensive approach to the segment, to the industry, to where now 
um, and I love to say this, where we absolutely understand who you are, whether you're from uh, a farm town in Iowa or your parents were born like mine uh, in Nigeria and you, you were raised in New York City. We understand what you're into. We understand what you're about. We understand the communities you come from. But more importantly, we understand why it's imperative that the money that you've made on the court, on the field, on the stage lasts for generations to come. Um, this is a win-win situation. So I'm excited about this, this opportunity. Uh, the, the firm is excited about this opportunity, knowing that we can now get our word out and, and use me as you know, a subject matter expert on relating to our clients and then use UBS expert as relating to how to manage money. Put those two to get two, two things together. You have the athlete and entertainer segment at UBS. When it comes to you personally, what was your personal financial situation while you were in the NFL? My personal financial situation in the NFL was really, I don't think I really had one. <laughs> you know, the truth of the matter is, all I had was a bunch of checks coming in and I would look at the teller, you know, not to brag, but I would look at the teller and she would look at my, this is still when checks, this is, this is how old I am. It's when, you know, you still got a, a hard check and you give it to the teller and the teller's looking at you like, he's looking at you like, is this like real? And I'm like smiling, but at the end of the day, that's my extent of financial education, right? You give, I work, you give me money, that's good. Um, as I gotten, you know, through my career, I understood I knew nothing. Right. And, and that knowing nothing put millions of dollars at risk. I was involved with advisors that were, you know, self-fulfilling, um, weren't fiduciary in the sense that they didn't care about my best interest, but they should have. They were throwing my money against the wall and see what's what stuck with, you know, like spaghetti. And I got lucky that I didn't get burnt or that I didn't get burned too bad. But too many times there are athletes that are in my same situation. Um, college graduate, 11 years in the NFL, um, and get the wrong advisor that throws their money at the wall and all of it, none of it sticks, right? Um, you, can't, you can't have a financial plan that way. And that's what I was doing. So I finally, you know, because of my, you know, trepidation in, in money, you know, I was able to save a lot, which, you know, people might say you might lose money by saving. But again, I think if you do not understand your investments, just take a timeout. Um, you've already hit the home run. You don't need an advisor to hit a home run for you. You are the home run. You are the touchdown. Now, singles, bunts, doubles, that's all you need for the rest of your life, and you'll be good. And if you hit a home run every now and then, great. But at the end of the day, you've made the, the money. Um, you've worked hard. You've earned it. And you, being not financially literate, or, or having the, the someone that you can at least teach you as you go, you start risking money like I did. So again, I got lucky by the grace of God. I didn't you know, lose um, my money by the way I was uh, investing. But again, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of athletes, a lot of entertainers that don't get lucky. And they, 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 they risk millions of dollars by not having um, the knowledge. And so what we want to do here at UBS is make sure that we at least um, have sound people, you know, background checks, make sure they're doing the right things, but more importantly, make sure they have big hearts and understand exactly um, what you're trying to do with your money. Why do you think this initiative is important and will resonate with, with athletes? When you think about the athletes and how they see what we're doing at UBS, it's, it's, I think it's surprising at first, right? You see, you've got the global leader in private wealth and you see this ex-NFL player uh, who happens also to be an African-American 
leading the charge. And at first they're like, is this real? Like, are you sure you're at UBS? And I got to tell people like, yeah, I'm at UBS. And um, we are thinking about the disparities in the financial institution. We understand that there's not a lack, there's not a, a, a wide range of diversity. And UBS understands that. And, and again, you can't understand it from always looking at someone else's shoes. Maybe you bring someone that has done it before and say, you know what, tell us the, maybe the few things that have been slipping through the cracks over the last couple of decades and help us close these gaps, get these gaps. help us uh, erase these stereotypes. Let's stay away from the people who watch uh, unreal sports media and, and gossip sites and use that as how they plan their, 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 their financial plan for their, their clients. Let's really have human beings and have a real relationship taking this away from transactions, right? You see athletes, first thing people think, how much money can I make off of him, right? That's a transaction. How, many, how much fees can we pour out of his pockets? Um, again, I want to stay away from that. At the end of the day, you build it the right way. Yes, money's going to be made. But the truth of the matter is you're going to change lives and you're going to change communities. And that's what our goal is here at, at uh, the Athlete Entertainer segment at UBS. Has there been an impact in the way that COVID-19 has made players look at their finances? Has that been something that, that has played in the minds of athletes at all? So COVID-19 was a great opportunity for advisors to show how really, how well they had their clients prepared for um, unforeseen disasters. You'll never hear anyone say COVID-19 and great ever again. But the truth of the matter is, it was a great opportunity for athletes to start realizing that am I prepared for when it's all said and done? Because we all know you're not going to be Tom Brady. It's 21 years. In, I thought when I played 11 years in the NFL, I thought I was an anomaly. Tom Brady is by far, you know, you know, the GOAT in time and on the field. But the truth of the matter is it's going to stop whether it's injury, old age, or a pandemic. Right? And are you ready for that? And what happened with, with, with COVID-19, the players that were prepared weren't as nervous about missing games, weren't as nervous about having to play that next check. I got to get on the field. I've got to you know, sacrifice my family's health because I got to make sure I get paid. And the ones that weren't prepared, they were calling their agents every day, like, what's going on? What do you think is going to happen? They were nervous about things because when you start leaving, when you're making a lot of money and you live in check to check and you're burning a lot of money and you don't have a good plan, uh, things like COVID-19 um, can put a big monkey wrench into your lifestyle. Also, as we see with the NFL salary cap, didn't go up as much as people thought. You're seeing a lot of positions, unless you're a super, superstar player, a lot of other players are, are, are settling for one-year contracts or two-year contracts and not getting the max deals that they thought they were going to get going into free agency. So we understand that if you knew that COVID-19 was coming or a pandemic was coming and you were prepared, you wouldn't have to take a, a lesser deal. Maybe you take a one-year deal for a year and say, you know what, I'm going to wait until next year because next year, obviously, we'll be back in the stands, salary caps will be up, and you'll be able to withstand it. But if you haven't planned well enough, you're going to have to take that one-year deal or that two-year deal at less money. So teams are still going to make a ton of money. And the people who are going to uh, face the brunt of COVID-19 on the players, and you've seen that with the NFL um, contracts, salary cap, um, not, not rising as high as they thought it was going to be in 2021. 
That's Wale Ogunleye joining us here on Salary Capped, 11 year NFL veteran, now working with UBS, helping athletes with financial literacy. Wale, thank you so much for joining us here on Salary Capped. No, Tyler, I just want to thank you for having me. I really appreciate you giving me this platform, one, to speak about what we're doing at UBS. And again, I share in the exuberance of our firm. Um, it's a great initiative that we have, the Athlete Antenna segment. And I want to tell you this, anytime you want me back here, um, I'll come running for you. So thank you so much. Well, another fantastic show in the books. Thanks once again to Wale for joining us and sharing his insights and expertise uh, here ahead of the NFL draft, which again, a lot of players go from uh, not much to millionaires overnight. And so this financial literacy aspect is a really important one. And I'm, uh, I'm excited to see more of Wale's work into the future. And once again, thanks to him for joining the show today. And everyone, thank you for joining us for another episode of Salary Capped. Stay tuned for more. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Either visit marketscale.com or go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts to stay up to date with the latest episodes of Salary Caps. We'll be back soon, but for this episode, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for watching.